that peace that you're talking about is not eternal. It's temporal. I need you to come and drink of this water. I don't care what your past was. Come and drink of this water. I don't care if you are at the bottom of the social strata. Come and drink this water. Good morning and God bless you saints. Welcome to another episode of Create with Kendra, a place where you can be inspired, challenged, and changed. I'm super excited that you all are here another week. Happy Black History Month, folks. Black History Month is a time of the year that we take out to celebrate Black ontology, Black legacy, Black futures, um, to recognize the impact that Black folks have made on this world. So happy Black History Month to you all. Um, As we do every single week, and I make it a point, and this is why I feel, and I know that um, highlighting Black entrepreneurship and Black businesses and, and Black creatives are so important because we are a part of Black history. We are Black history. We are what is moving this world. And so I just am so honored to always set out time to acknowledge black creatives, entrepreneurs, businessmen, and women for doing what they do absolutely best every single week on this show. This week is no different. We are acknowledging Miss Monica Whitley. Monica is the owner of the Bougie Baby Snail Spa in Richmond, California. Bougie Baby Snail Spa is an upscale nail salon that specializes in pampering young children from the age ages 3 to 13 years old. Their mission is to create a salon for young children to learn the values of self-love and self-care at an early age. Monica, you are doing such an amazing job with your Black-owned business, um, creating spaces to pamper little girls to get them ready and get them, you know, aware and in the habit of self-care, of self-love, of doing things that make them feel good. So for more information for the Bougie Babies Nail Spa, you can head on over to Bougie Babies Nails at Hotmail.com. You can email them for any further information that you need for this business. You can also call them at 510-778-9192. That is 510-778-9192. Um, what I want to do is just take out some time, which I never really do on this show, but I want to um, encourage those that have black businesses. Um, or if you know a black business, if you are a black business owner or creative, if you didn't put out a single, if you started a company, if you are an artist, uh, whatever it is that you do that it, that falls into the category of black entrepreneurship, black creativity, I want to acknowledge you on this show. Yes, I do. So I want everyone um, if you know anybody if the, or you yourself have a business that wants to be promoted on this show, you can email two to three sentences about your business where people can support you, your social media, your website, just two to three sentences, and you can send it over to kendra.podcast at gmail.com. That is kendra.podcast at gmail.com. I would love to support and push your black business. 
if if you are a chef, if you do, I mean, whatever it is, I want to acknowledge and support you. So um, that being said, let's get into the word. I am just always just super excited um, just to get into the word. I feel like we've been doing some, some Bible studies lately, you know what I'm saying? And I've really been enjoying them and have been getting oh, just new revelation from the word of God. And I, I really appreciate the beauty of what the word is, because when you read something in the Bible, you could have read this like a year ago and picked it up yesterday or picked it up today. And God reveals an entire, entire new message because this right here is the living word. It's not just history. It's just not accounts. It's not just biblical poetry. It is the living word. And so we are going to go to God's word. Um, turn to um, John. John's in the new Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, that is the fourth book within the anthology of the New Testament, um, John chapter four, and we're going to read verse, verses one through 10, verses one through 10. I'm super excited, y'all. Um, before we go and read, I do want to say a quick word of prayer so we can just prepare our hearts for what the Lord has to say. Um, these are not my words. This is what God has to say to us, his people. So with all hearts and minds clear, Father, we thank you so much for just waking us up this morning. We thank you for clothing us in our right mind. We thank you that we are still here. God, I pray that you prepare our hearts, you prepare our minds to receive your word. Let no vain or false teaching go forth. God, let not my my flesh or my opinions be submerged in what you have to say. God, I pray that the, the text um, is, is given plainly. God, I pray that the, the mystery of this, this message, God, is revealed to us, your people. God, I pray that you are glorified and that someone is encouraged to continue to live for you. God, I pray that someone is, is encouraged to give their life to you and begin their walk with Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you bless us today. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all, let's get to the word. John chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. I got my glasses here, y'all, because y'all know I can't see. Um, I want to take this slow. This text is so important that I really want to take it slow. Some, you know, sometimes when we read the Bible, we read it like, okay, I didn't read this already, so I'm just going to read it. As, you know, just, just, just go through it. And we don't slow down to acknowledge the significance of where... Um, these things are taking place. Who is a part of this historical account? Why, you know, just like the, the little things that really make a difference in understanding what's going on in the biblical text. So let's go. Um, I am reading from, let me see the new King James version. Y'all I am reading for the new King James version. And at the beginning of chapter four, there is a title to, um, the section of John and it says a Samaritan woman meets her Messiah. 
a Samaritan woman meets her Messiah. And the reason why I want to, to, to say that is because the woman in this account, her actual name is not mentioned. So why are we not calling her by her name? Why don't we know who this woman is? Why is she identified as a Samaritan woman? Right. So I, I looked into it a little bit deeper. Um, the Samaritans in the Bible were people of Samaria in a region that was north of Jerusalem. Um, and in this day, the Samaritans and the Jews, they didn't mess with each other. They weren't. Samaritans were actually looked down upon. They were at the bottom of the the social strata. Um, if you will, they were mixed race people. They were, they were, uh, considered impure. They were considered, um, half, you know, pagan religion. They weren't valued. Okay. They were not valued as a people. They were seen as the bottom of the bottom. And so that's really important for us to know going into reading this text, because this woman she has a name, but why is it significant that her, her social status, her racial status, her ethnic, her ethnicity is, is stamped on her before, um, we even know what she is about before we know what her interaction with Jesus is. And I love that it says a Samaritan woman meets her Messiah. When Jesus come on the scene, it don't matter who you are. It don't matter where you from. It don't matter your ethnicity. Jesus is our Messiah. Okay. Let's read y'all. Um, John chapter four, four for, <laughs> John chapter four, um, verse starting at verse one, it says, therefore the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made, um, made and baptized more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. Verse five says, so he came to a city in Samaria, which is called Sychar, which is near a plot of ground that Jacob gave his son, Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, sat thus by the well. It is about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria had came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him and he have, and he would have given you living water. And the word of the Lord is blessed. 
Wow. Okay, y'all. Let's get into it. Let's get into it, saints. I'm super excited about this. Okay, so what I love about this is that every t- I, Jesus is just intentional in everything he does. He don't he he does he did not and he does not do things just because. Jesus went to the well. The living water, because he is the living water himself. He went to a well. And the Bible says he went um, about the sixth hour. And in the biblical translation, the sixth hour is about 12 noon. So he goes to the well about 12 noon, the hottest point of the day. So why Jesus... Are you traveling? You say you tired. You're saying you weary and you go to the well at the hottest point of the day. Why? It wasn't for nothing. It was for a reason. The woman also herself went to the well at the hottest point of the day. Why? This particular woman, not only was she seen as like at the bottom of the social strata, but within her uh, community of people, they was dogging her. They were. They looked down on her because of her history, because of the things that she that she did. So, I ask, you know, it's it's a really interesting to, uh, thing to think about. Like, why are they here? Ain't nobody else there but the two of them. At the hottest point of the day, could it be that she wanted to avoid gossiping people? So when folks was going to the well in the in the cool morning or, or in the cool evening, that she didn't want to run into folks? That she wanted to avoid people that talked about her or looked at her cross-eyed? And could it be that Jesus, knowing who she is, her Messiah, met her at the place that she was, even in her uncomfort, her discomfort, meeting her at the well, meeting her at the well. Now, when we see that this this woman Let's go to verse nine. It says that the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it you being a Jew asked a drink for me, a Samaritan woman? So she's trying to get some water. Jesus trying to get some water too. So she sees him. So he sees her and says, give me a drink. I could just imagine her reaction. Like, um, you know you you a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. There are cultural and social differences. We don't fool with each other. So to keep the peace, it is best that we stay separated. It's the it's best that we don't speak to each other. And doesn't that sound familiar? When we look at the text, 
Jews and Samaritans did not deal with each other. When we look at our world, do we see the same thing? We have denomination against denomination. Vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. Republican versus the Democrat. Generation against generation. Black versus white. So many divisions among us. Even among those that say, I am a believer in Christ. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said that Sunday morning is the most segregated hour of a Christian America. Ask yourself, what people group, what social group, what race, what culture do you have an odd against? Ask yourself, what quote unquote kind of people don't I deal with? What quote unquote kind of ideas that are attached to a certain people group don't I deal with? Let's check ourselves. It's so easy to say, well, I agree with this person and this person has similarities to me so we can rock with each other. But this person thinks different and this person is from a different place. And so it's best that if we want to keep the peace that we stay separate, we don't see eye to eye. So it's best that if we want to keep the peace, we stay separated. But the devil is a liar. Jesus did not call his church to be separate. He is not coming back for a black church. He is not coming back for a white church. He is not coming back just for the Protestant. He's not coming back just for the church of God in Christ. He's not coming back based on if you have the vaccine or not. He's not coming back for different reasons that we as people divide each other. He is coming back for one church. For one church, he is coming back for one church. And I love how provocative Jesus' life was on earth. He provoked a lot of discomfort among people, among religious leaders, among ethnic groups. He provoked a lot of things that people was like, I don't, I don't want to cross the line. This is how we've been doing it for years. But Jesus ain't concerned about the things that divides us. The petty things that divides us. I I was about to go into a a list of petty things, but I instantly got tired. Let's let's keep it moving. (laughs) Let's keep it moving. Verse 10. Y'all following? I hope y'all following. Verse 10. It says, Jesus answered her and said, If you knew the gift of God... And who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. 
and he would have given you living water. Jesus is saying to this woman, if you only knew who you were speaking to, the question would be in reverse. You would be asking me for living water. But since you don't know, let me introduce myself. (laughs) I want to go down to um, verse, let me see. Let's go to verse 13. Verse 13 says, Jesus answered her and said, whosoever drinks of this water will thirst again. He's talking about the water at the well. But whosoever drinks the water that I shall give to him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give to him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Look, Jesus, give me some of that water. He's saying this temporal stuff on earth, if you drink out this well, in about a half hour, you're going to want some more to drink. This is not an everlasting quench. But what I have for you will quench your thirst. So you will never thirst again. In this living water, there is love. In this living water, there is joy. In this living water, there is peace. In this living water, there is salvation. In this living water, there is unity in Christ. In this living water, there is an abundance of life. In this living water, there is no lack. In this living water, there is everything that you need. In this living water, there is life. So come and drink. Jesus is saying, so come and drink. Yes, Jews and Samaritans have no association. They don't deal with each other. They stay separate to keep the peace. But I want that peace that you're talking about is not eternal. It's temporal. I need you to come and drink of this water. I don't care what your past was. Come and drink of this water. I don't care if you are at the bottom of the social strata. Come and drink this water. He's saying the same thing to us. I don't care if you weren't raised Christian and you found Jesus when you was 20 years old. Come and drink this water. I don't care that you fell last night and did some stuff that you wasn't supposed to do. Come and drink this water. It doesn't matter if you aren't a Bible scholar, if you if you don't feel equipped enough or good enough to walk with me, come and drink of this water. Because all of the things that we are seeking on this earth, they are temporal. If we drink from the natural well, we will be thirsty again. But he says, come and drink of this water for the water that I give. You will never thirst again. You'll never thirst again. You'll never have to worry about longing to belong to somebody or belong to this world because you belong to Christ. He will quench that thirst of, of, of earthly validation, of feeling inadequate. He will quench that thirst. So he's saying, come. He is saying, come and drink. If that is you and you 
are feeling that this word is pulling on your heart. That Jesus is saying, regardless of your situation, regardless of where you've been, I want you to come and drink of this water. For in this water that you drink here at this well, it won't sustain you. But the water that you drink from Jesus, you will thirst no more. Water represents life. Where there is water, there is life. You don't see that the animals of the sea sitting in a dirt ditch. Why? They would die. That's why their habitat is water. Our bodies are made of water. You need water. Water represents life. And Jesus is saying that I am the way, the truth. He's life. Jesus is life. And you will find life when you drink of his water. All right, y'all. Let's 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 go to a word of prayer. That is um that is the word for today. Jesus is life. So come and drink of his living water. Father, we thank you so much for this word. We thank you for your living word. We thank you, God, for sharing with us what you had to say. God, I pray that this blesses someone, that someone is encouraged to come, regardless of their differences, regardless of what society says about them, that they come and drink of your living water. Even though we may be scared and timid and trying to avoid uncomfortable situations like the Samaritan woman, you will meet us in our discomfort. (laughs) So God, I pray that you give us the courage to step out and to come and drink of your water. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, y'all. That's all I got for this week. (laughs) I am just so... ah, I'm encouraged by the word of God. I am encouraged by the word of God and I hope you are too. If you know someone that needs to hear this message, copy and paste it, send it to them so they can be blessed as well. Let's get this word out. Let's stay encouraged um, in Jesus name. All right, y'all be blessed.